Welcome to another message from Squim Community Church. For more information about our church, meeting times, and location, visit squimcommunitychurch.org. I'll be reading from James 1, verses 19 through 25. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all that filth and evil in your, your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what, is, what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Last week, we introduced a shocking statistic, and that is 59% of young people raised in church in America do not stay engaged after they graduate and go to college. In fact, only 10% of the young people involved in, in youth uh, ministries in our country uh, stay what we, in what we call resilient uh, in a thriving manner engaged in the church. And that has caused a crisis uh, in thinking about how we disciple young adults and, and eventually how we disciple adults because it's the future of the church. One of the, the key findings was that these, these thriving, resilient young adults understand their identity in Christ. And that was my topic last week, was how do we conceptualize that? In fact, the question that was asked of them was, uh, and this is what they answered in the affirmative, following Jesus shapes my whole life, body, mind, heart, and soul, and it brings me great joy and satisfaction. And closely tied to that was this other statement, that my relationship with Jesus impacts the way I live my life every day. That was uh, affirmed by over 90% of the, those in the resilient group, but only about half of those that were occasional church attenders, and then, of course, less by anybody else who, was, who had stopped attending church. And that begs the question, how do we best connect with Jesus and receive guidance? Uh, Barna studies that I'm basing this on and that these results come from uh, concluded that one of the key predictors of staying engaged with church and faith communities was the experience of communicating with God. And the answer to the question, Jesus speaks to me in a way that is relevant to my life, and listening and prayer is a vibrant part of my life, was an affirmative in all of these cases. So the takeaway is that we need to begin teaching, or continue to teach, actually we have been teaching, but continue to, to emphasize and teach more about prayer and facilitating times of prayer so that young people and all of us can solidify our identity in Christ. And that's one of my goals today, is to talk about how we hear God's voice. Now, there's several ways to approach this. We, we talk about prayer a lot, uh, all the time, 
And I wanted to use the James passage today because I think it has some interesting uh, things about prayer in general. And it starts with the idea of being quick to listen. Now, there's an old, uh, there's an old adage, there's an old st- uh, statement from a book called Seven Habits of Effective People by Stephen Covey, many of you have heard of. Uh, and one of the statement was, statements was, seek first to understand and then be understood. And I think this is what James 1, uh, 19 is really conveying, the idea that we must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And then it goes on, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And, and it's funny because our world is kind of opposite to what the Bible says. We, we have a lot of anger, it seems. And then behind the anger, we have a lot of speaking and opinions. And finally, at the very last, we might start to listen. But James flips that on its head and says, major on listening, minor on the rest. And I think there's a great wisdom in that, and that's how I want to start when we're talking about hearing from God, is just the basics of listening itself. Now, there's a, a book I read many years ago in the area of counseling that, that really struck me about this topic of listening, and it's from John Savage. It's called Listening and Caring Skills. And what he said was, most people have relative, relatively little insight into their own lives. Perhaps people's lives are unexamined because no one is listening to them. And maybe uh, that's part of the problem, is that a lot of our own ideas are rattling around inside our head, and we don't feel like anybody has processed them with us. Uh, We might even think, how can I hear from God without a lot of external processing? And so I want to start with the idea that listening to God begins with listening to those around us and empathizing with them. The more we're focused on others, the more we're, we're understanding their needs, the more we can take from the lessons that they have and internalize them for ourselves. Uh, One of the things about the Bible itself is that it is not a a book of rules. It's mostly a book of stories, a book of narrative stories of people's experience with God. So if we are attempting to have uh, a life filled with leading and guidance by Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we actually need to understand better examples of people who have lived with God, have walked with God, and have made decisions and gained wisdom from God. And that's what the Bible is full of. So as we, we listen to each other and as we listen to the stories of the Bible, there's a lot of, of overlap. We can learn a lot if we focus on listening and listening for things very specific. And it starts with stories, because that's what's mostly in the Bible is stories. And that's also what we have when we listen to our friends and our family Uh, we have a lot of stories. There are stories about transitions. Uh, Sometimes it's about the pain of the journey. I remember when I first came to SQUIM about 15 years ago, I told a lot of transition stories about coming from California here and some of the, the joys of being here, some of the pain of the past. And so one of the things we can listen for when it comes to uh, other people's experiences is their, their stories and learn from that. Um, the stories sometimes are about the past as well, and they inform the present. It's interesting how anniversaries bring up uh, things that, that go throughout our entire life. In the Bible, there's a lot of anniversary stories. We, we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Easter. Uh, the, the Jewish people celebrated the Passover, uh, the crossing of the Red Sea. There was always a time to remember 
and think about what the lessons were from these big events in history. And the same with us. We can go back to the anniversary moments, to the times uh, that were key times in our lives and go back to them as touchstones for, for leading and guiding. We can look at our own and our own stories. We can look at the stories of those we know. And of course, we can look at the stories of the Bible. So all these stories are really important for guidance because they, they set up a, a precedent for what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. And then there's stories about others. And uh, whenever I hear a story about other people, I often want to know, why are they telling it? Uh, there's a, a quote in, in uh, the scripture, Paul was talking about a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven and went to paradise, and of course he's talking about himself. But he used it in the third person uh, because he wanted to boast about his weakness, not his experience. And so sometimes people do that. You think, what is your motive for telling that story? I remember many years ago when I was at the church in San Jose, uh, the pastor gave a message, and he talked, and this is literally, this is true, this actually happened. He said, uh, it's not pie in the sky till you die, it's steak on the plate while you wait. That was his theme. He was trying to talk about the difference between reality and present and the future. Well, the next week, the youth pastor got up, and as part of his message, he said, I am not eating much steak right now. Now, interestingly, that youth pastor left and took another job within about three months. But his little story, his little illusion was an indirect reference to his frustration. So, interesting, as we tell stories, we can look for what's behind the stories. Uh, now, another part of listening is asking questions. And this falls into the idea of the area of listening to stories and listening to the Bible is asking questions. This is why we emphasize small groups at our church so much is because just reading, uh, something might pass over that you don't see, but when you ask a question around it and you hear other people's engagement about it, you learn and you grow and sometimes you get an insight you didn't have before. So some of the things you want to look for when you ask questions, and this is about relationships, it might also be even in the Bible itself, is look for hints. Uh, when people share, especially about difficult things in their lives, they often hint or just share a little bit to see if the person they're talking to cares or is listening even. And they may say, you know, how's it going? And you, and you could say, well, not so great. And then the person who's not listening just goes on with whatever they want to talk about and they miss the opportunity to hear a little bit more about this struggle. So be looking for hints, the things that are not uh, necessarily obvious when we talk and determine how people feel as a result of that hint. Get a little bit deeper with them. Clarify exaggerations. Uh, you know, I think Jesus, uh, when he was talking to Nicodemus, he said, you are Israel's teacher. He, he knew this guy was smart. And he said, don't you understand that you must be born again, that you must be born from above? Nicodemus could have just blown past that opportunity to clarify. But he didn't. He, he actually asked, well, you might, I have to be born, literally born again? And Jesus said, no, I'm talking about something spiritual here. But Nicodemus asked a question. He followed up. He clarified an exaggeration. Uh, this is a good piece of advice for men as well because sometimes uh, our wives like to say general things and we need to clarify and take it as a good thing. I learned, this is just personal, but uh, ex clarifying exaggerations is really good and it's a really good skill when it comes to listening because you can learn a lot 
Uh, we can learn a lot from the scripture when it's talking about general terms about how it applies to our own life and how to, and how to uh, make it something real. Now the third one, how to help others when you, uh, when, how, how to help other people listen to you. Now we all want to be listened to, we all want to be understood. One of the best ways to open the door for others listening is to reflect back on what you just heard. So instead of just running ahead with your opinion, to stop and say, hey, let me see if I heard what you said exactly right, and let me tell you what I think you heard and what I heard in, your, in my own words. And often that opens the door to a, a great conversation. Uh, don't change the subject when you get uncomfortable, of course. Uh, Jesus dealt with this with the Samaritan woman. These are, there's all kinds of examples in the Bible of this, these principles. She was trying to change the subject about uh, about the, the temple and where to worship, and he was getting right to the heart of her need, and he worked right into that. Uh, and then finally, share openly with people you trust. So we, we try to do that in our own way here with lots of different groups, and I hope that that as well helps with this whole area of hearing from God. It's not just time alone, time alone in prayer, or time alone reading. It is that interaction that is also a big part of hearing from God. Thirdly, uh, and here's a, a statement about this. Too much noise makes hearing difficult. Now, loud noise can damage and reduce the ability to hear high-pitched noise. Uh, and so too much, too much loud noise can actually damage our ability to hear clearly. And this is what James 1.21 says. Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word, ha- uh, the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. There's a lot of distracting voices in our world. And James says wisely, start with getting rid of things that are distracting to you. Uh, it, it, it's hard to make decisions when there's too many things and, there's, and some of the things are not helpful. Uh, when there's a lot of options to choose from, people find it very difficult to choose at all. I don't know if you've noticed Amazon.com uses something called Amazon Choice. That's because you have so many choices when you go out and buy something online that you just want to know what is the best-selling item and what have most people bought. And so what God um, wants us to do is find that focus. He's given us plenty of stories in the Bible of people who have followed him. He's given us commandments that are, in general, great things to do. And he wants us to narrow that down so that our lives are less complicated. Uh, one of the ways he does that is circumstance. There's a, a passage in Acts 17, and this is the, the statement that God's revelation to us helps guide us and limit our choices. So this is what it says in Acts 17. This is Paul talking to a group of, of uh, philosophers in Athens, and he said that God made all the nations of the world that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times and histories and the boundaries on their lands, and he did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. So God used these circumstances to help people to see where God was in their uh, life journeys. And that is what he wants to do with us. It, uh, it talks in Isaiah 55. It says, come to me with your ears wide open, listen, and you will find life. So look at your circumstances. Look at the stories of the people around you, your own stories, your own touchstone moments. All of that plays a huge role in making choices and hearing from God. 
And God enables us to filter out the noise, get focused, and not just listen to God's word, but do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. And here's the part, is it's not only just listening, it is applying and doing it, and listening correctly. There are uh, many times we, we l- listen to something but do our own thing. I remember many years ago, I was doing a painting project, and I had picked out this certain kind of paint, and my, my wife said, are you sure you know what you're doing? I said, well, yeah, sure, I'm just going to do this thing. Well, I, the, I didn't really check what the paint was, and it was oil-based paint, uh, and I basically made a big stinking mess and had to backtrack and go back and buy a different kind of paint. And I realized that I was being stubborn uh, and that I just was like, I got this, I got this, but I, had, I really didn't have it. And so I, I've learned since then to listen more often uh, and, and it's been very helpful. And so that's, <laughs> that was a good decision early on in my marriage. Why we fail to act. Well, part of it is maybe just not listening and not following through with things that make a lot of sense. Uh, but part of it might be indecision or distractions. In that painting project, I was just too busy. I didn't, have, I didn't take the time. Uh, one of the things, too, is sometimes we don't act because we feel criticism instead of encouragement. So remember, God's words are mostly encouraging to us. There are some times it's don't do this because you're going to get hurt. And listen to that. But most of the time, God has very encouraging words for us. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he's prepared in advance for us to do. And his commandments are good and pleasing. He wants us to, to not do them in our own strength. He wants us to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he brings these influences into our lives. He brings the circumstances, sometimes the frustrations. He brings relationships into our lives. He brings wise people. He brings spouses. He brings good friends. He brings the stories of the Bible, and, and he also brings the power of his word to us. Um, oftentimes, we will lack an opportunity or resources, and we will think, I need to solve that on my own. And God really wants us to ask him. He wants us to work in our circumstances and provide for us in miraculous ways. He, he expects us to, and he promises that, that he's going to come through. And so when we do that, he does. Fear of failing, it's a normal thing. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. And it's all those things because Jesus is present. He said in John 10, uh, this is what Jesus said about the good shepherd, and he's really talking about himself. He's talking about one of those stories where you're talking about somebody else, and he's talking about himself. He calls his own sheep by name, and they follow him because they know his voice. God wants to work in us, and Jesus wants to speak to us. How do we do that? How do we step into awareness and action? And there are several things that I have been applying my, a long time in my life in this regard, and they have led to, I think, good decisions for the most part, besides the paint problem. They they really have. Uh, One of them is, do I understand my own story? I've listened to lots of stories. Uh, I've evaluated lots of stories in the Bible. I try to evaluate and understand other people's stories, but what's my own story? What are my dreams, my talents, my desires? Do, do I have a clarity about them? And I, I pray for clarity I, I, every year that, that the things that are, are resonating with me that are on my heart would become uh, realities. They would be 
practically realized. And I asked God for that, for ideas about what to invest my time into. What hints is God giving you at this time? What, what things does he bring into mind? Are you stopping long enough to listen? You know, put aside having to always declare whatever is true to others or to be angry. Just listen. And listen to what he is doing in your heart and in the people around you. Are there parts of your life that need correcting? Be aware of that and respond to that because those times of correction can be a, an amazing path to growth. And listen to what bothers you because it might be a message. It could be a message in our relationships. It could be a message in what we are supposed to do. God wants to help us find our passion. He has given us a passion. It's not our own passion. Uh, it's not our own truth. <laughs> it's his truth. He has implanted something in us because we are his workmanship. And he's asked us over and over again to live by the spirit of God who is in us, the spirit of Jesus who's in us. And, and he wants to do something through us. So think about what you've heard. Don't forget what you've heard. James 1.25, don't forget what you've heard from others. Don't forget what you've heard from circumstances. Don't forget what you've heard from the Bible. Don't forget what you've heard in little uh, thoughts in your head when you pray because God will bless you for doing it. In conclusion, I want to leave you with a verse from Isaiah, one of my favorite verses, Isaiah 50. He wakens me morning by morning and wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears, and I have not been rebellious. I have not drawn back. Let's be people who take the time to listen, who take the time to respond, and to take the time to be a blessing to others. So let's pray. Father, we're thankful for these promises in your word. The promise that the words we read in the Bible are not just stories, but they are living uh, examples of people who walk with you. You have given commands, uh, amazing advice for how to live that will lead to life. And then you've not only just given us those and said, do them in your own strength, you've empowered us by your Holy Spirit to, to apply those truths at the right time in the right place. These are all the gifts you have given us, Lord, and, and we, we want to grow in our ability to hear you, to respond to you, to look at what has happened around us in, in our lives and our circumstances and the people we love. So, Lord, I pray for your Spirit's help in this as we continue on. Lead us and guide us. Take us into your good purposes in Jesus' name. Amen.